0: If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The 7 Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word 7HABITS. That's the number 7HABITS to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Anthony Sarandria. He already corrected me on that once, so I hope I didn't murder it. He went from going door to door and selling solar services, right? To growing a company that now does over $100,000 a day in revenue. Yes, that's a day, not per week, not per month, not per year, that's a per day. He's consistently been featured as one of the top 30 under 30 year old entrepreneurs was featured alongside Snapchat founder Evan Spiegel, as well as other entrepreneurs that are changing the world. He currently runs a portfolio of websites that are in and around the financial service niche. So, welcome to the show, my friend.
1: Thanks, bro. Appreciate you having me. Excited to be here.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you being here. I love, you know, we were talking a little bit before we hit record and I love your story and I love what you've obviously been able to do. And just to tease everybody a little bit before we and we're not going to dive into this yet, but before just to tease everybody, we're going to talk to you guys today about how Anthony's been able to drive over 5,000 inbound leads per day from his website, right? So, that's no easy feat, right? Generating 5 or 10 leads per day from your website can be challenging, but he's doing over 5,000. So, I thought we would unpack that a little bit. He's got some really unique, a really unique take on how he does that, and we're going to share that with you. But before we do, Give us a quick backstory, will you? I mean, you have an interesting backstory. Tell us about this. Tell us about the whole knocking door-to-door in, in the Arizona heat.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. For sure, bro. Thanks for the intro. Yeah, I mean, you nailed it. When, you know, I sharpened my chops going door-to-door, getting door slammed on me. And whether that was B2C solar or, or B2B selling, you know, th- different services, it was really, I wouldn't change the, the experience for anything. It was a character builder. And I knew it at the time, which is great that I discovered the little thing called the internet and I joked with you I never turned around from there so you know shortly after you know really getting good at sales I realized I could apply that online and it would allow me to not have to limit my geographic reach or time bound reach meaning I could I could essentially sell people 24 7 without me needing to be present and it was set up through ads ad copy website whatever it is funnels things like that and that became super predicting so you know fast forward today as, as you mentioned we're we're driving a pretty considerable amount of Americans and connecting them with
0: different financial products to help them. Cool. So what year did you really dive into the internet? You said you discovered the internet and you never looked back. What year was that? Let's go back about,
1: shit, dude, I'm getting old. Eight years ago, maybe? Eight or so years ago it was right right out of high school, high school, college time. I started learning the, I hated being in front of a computer. I joke about that in every single one of my podcasts. and. But seeing a guy shooting hoops on a Tuesday is, was my why. Some people, it's a Lamborghini or it's this or this. Mine was, I saw some dude like literally shooting basketball on a Tuesday. And I was like, what the hell do you do? He said, the internet. I said, I don't care what I'm going to do. I'm going to spend time around you. And, and that's what I did. I worked for the guy for free. I literally told him I'd clean his floors if I needed to. And I, I, just, I just absorbed, 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 and, and got really good really quickly. And I, I credit a lot of that back to my sales background that, that I started with.
0: Love it. Perfect. Cool. So, all right. So, listen, I got a quick question for you before we dive into this, you know, this this overall strategy and kind of this framework that you have for generating all these leads. The question is this, if you could pick any business superpower, right? Any business superpower, obviously, you know, you're not going to be Superman. We all want to fly, right? We all want to have, steel. we want to be bulletproof, right? But in business, what business superpower would you pick? Something that you don't have, something maybe somebody else has, like you saw that okay. guy on the court. You saw okay. that guy on the court, right? You saw that guy on the court and he had a superpower at the time and it was internet marketing. He was doing great. What would be your superpower now if you could pick? Me personally, so in general, it'd be passion, passion for what it is. I
1: have that, which is great, but I think everything dies if I don't have that. If you don't have that, you're, you are eventually weed out if you're doing it for money or you're doing it because you get a good space. If you're not fucking overwhelmingly passionate about what you're working on every single day, you're going to lose and you're going to die out by someone else who he's quote unquote working 20 hours a day, but doesn't feel like they're working a minute. For me, my personal superpower that I've consistently been trying to to groom and work on is the operational side of things. And it's the actual methodical task behind it. So I, I like I mentioned, I'm I'm a sales guy that I need to, I'm a great talker. I love talking to people, but understanding like the follow through and the actual step one, two procedure, blah blah blah. Like I want to fucking shoot myself sometimes going through that. So that would be a superpower. I've I've been trying to work on, and and one thing that if I could absorb today,
0: I, I would grab. So day to day processes, day to day operations, creating systems. Yeah, I mean that that is some really boring shit. But you also understand <laughs> the people. value of it now as an entrepreneur who's doing a significant amount of revenue, traffic, leads. You know those processes and day to day are really what the glue that holds it all together right yeah brother yep yeah,
1: yep yeah. you get you create a massive headache if you don't have that shit so perfect
0: all right well listen you know before we hit record you shared a couple of kind of a unique take that you have on a couple of different areas that has allowed you to build this portfolio of websites and generate over 5000 inbound leads let's unpack that a little bit i you know you can start wherever you want this is where I think you guys really need to take some notes, obviously, right? This is, there's going to be a couple of things in here that I think are really going to be maybe even a little contrarian to what you've heard from other people. And I love that because I love when people zig while other people are zagging. Okay. So, so take it away.
1: Yeah, no, great question. I mean, you asked me, you, said, you know, how, what makes you different? And I think there's really two inherent things. One is, is we, fo- we peel back the onion and we have our conversation with our client on the actual real like deep rooted purpose of why they need our service. So a lot of people talk, I use the example of like the landscaping company, they talk about the prices, you know, we're cheaper than other people or we're more reliable or we cut grass better or we'll make sure your grass doesn't, like talk about those benefits, but peel it back. It's like, I use this example always, peel back to like, you're giving dads back their Saturday, or you're giving them the ability to have a relationship with their kids. So now when you're out there selling, you're having conversations with your customers or even on your website, the conversation is around like, here's how many hours we've saved dad's time or, Hey, you know, I want to make sure, you know, Jim, do you, do you have a, you have kids? I have two boys. Are you spending enough time with them on Saturday? I think so. Well, are you cut your grass for an hour a day. Yeah. Well, that's an hour I can give you back with your kids like that. And they're like, how all of a sudden, like the conversation, because you peel back the onion three times and relate that to whatever your business, or your industry is, in, is one thing I think we do really well. So getting back to, you know, we talked about the, the finances, helping people with their finances, like Our narrative internally on our website and our marketing and our video, everything and the sales reps is around getting, you know, lowering the divorce rates, lowering the suicide rates in the country, anxiety, depression, even obesity. And you're like, how you're helping people like get out of debt or fix their credit score? Yeah, because a benefit of that is it lowers divorce. It's one of the number one thought about things in a relationship or reasons why people get divorced. So when the narrative is about something that really like pulls on the heartstrings more than here's how bankruptcy works. Here's the cost. Here's the, Like that's the narrative everybody else is having today is the number one rated bankruptcy attorney in the state of California. Like that's how you're selling versus I'm selling like, don't get divorced or like, don't be afraid to tell your wife about your finances. Like when you're saying that all of a sudden, you're like, you're really making a, a real jolt in someone emotionally where they're like, I want to learn more. I want to know more. I want to call. I want to fill out a form. I want to, I want to enroll for this program. Like I want to understand like how, because that's really what I'm trying to solve. I'm really just want to show, like show face to my wife is really what I want. I really don't give a fuck about my credit score getting raised. I care about getting a better car or refinancing on my home or, you know, whatever it is. Right. It's like just a score. It's just debt. But, you know, what's next underneath the onion?
0: Yeah, it makes sense. So, so just to frame it for everybody, the site that probably is, has been the most successful for you or the one that you kind of, you know, your poster child is pocketyourdollars.com, Correct.
1: Yeah, it's a good one to reference
0: for sure. Yeah, pocketyourdollars.com. And obviously, it's kind of like you referenced something we were talking before. It's kind of like the nerd wallet or the lending tree for the subprime market. People that maybe don't have great credit and are looking to improve it and still need help, right? Those types of services. And so what you said was really interesting because the first thing that came to mind, and I want to make sure I'm on the same page and that the takeaway here is, is that it's really tapping not into that superficial benefit, but is more tapping into that emotional why, right? The underlying emotional, you know, it's that thing that keeps them up at night, right? What doesn't keep them up at night is their credit score. What keeps them up at night is the fact that, you know, they can't buy their wife, the house of their dreams that they promised when they got married.
1: You got it. Yeah. And and to your point, they got married, like, like I try, we try and go past five whys. So it's like credit score is why? because they want a better house. Why? Because they made a marriage promise. Why? Because when they were a kid, they grew up seeing that the house meant success. Why? Because they had daddy issues. Oh, now we're going to talk about daddy issues. You know what I mean? So, right. That, that five layer deep, I think, asking yourself, because a lot, a lot of companies barely go one, some go two, the really good ones go three, the, the extraordinary ones go five, I think, in a lot of ways. So, I would really challenge if you're a sales guy, if you're a marketer, if you're a business owner, on layer that like as many times as possible So you're like, oh shit, I got it. You know what I mean? Versus the, uh, we have cheaper prices or we can save you on your bills. Like who gives a shit? What does that mean to them? Buying school supplies for their kids? What does that mean? It means they're a good dad, you know, or a good mom, you know?
0: Right. No, I think that's a great exercise. I think that's a great exercise for any entrepreneur or any salesperson is to really kind of peel back when you stop speaking in terms of benefits and try to tap into that really emotional why, because everybody has those when they buy something, right? there's always an underlying reason and if you just settle for that surface level why you're never going to dig deep enough to really tap into that market where you're going to get a high conversion rate or you're going to you're sure, really sure. going to be able to you're really going to be able to leave anybody with any sort of lasting impression you know because again like there's a gazillion websites out there that do what you do you i think okay. you would acknowledge that right but the fact is, is there's probably very few that are asking that many questions and going that deep and therefore that's why the cream is rising to the top and you guys are killing it
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And then I think point number two that we wanted to talk about or transition to is we play heavily at top of funnel. So what that means is everybody else generally ignores someone who's a colder prospect because they focus on the, you know, everybody's bottom feeders competing on the lowest hanging fruit, the guy searching for landscaping services or bankruptcy attorney in California, like all those types of people are searches where they're in that buying stage where they're like, I already know I need this. I already know I want this. Let me look for it. You've got like you said, the dozens and dozens of competitors who are all fighting for that voice where we're talking and having a communication with someone who's much cooler. And I think part of the reason why people say, you know, oh, that they're a cold prospect is because the conversation goes, how do uh, save money on my utility bill? Or it's like, give me money. Like the search, give me money. Like how many people are like, I dominate, give me money. Who That sounds like a horrible fucking term. Like how is that anyone who wants to buy anything or do anything? But it's because. I think companies around those terms are still having the narrative, here's how much we cost, here's how we work, here's what we do. You're having that conversation around give me money around those emotionally driven conversations. So we're the point where they're filling out a form, picking up the phone, they know what they need to qualify or what they have to be in to qualify. They know the benefit, and then you're rocking the emotional side of it. Those three keys are it's the right customer. It's just they didn't they don't know that they need bankruptcy or they don't know that they're they need a lawn mowing service or, you know what I mean? Or whatever that service
0: is. Just to frame it for people, just to make sure that everybody understands the direction we're going. When he talks about top of funnel, I think he's talking about two prominent channels, one being organic SEO, right? And ranking your content high in the search engines for these types of maybe top of funnel search terms, as opposed to the lower funnel, which have, which quote have more intent, right? With you talking to lower funnels, right? And then also in paid ads, you're also doing paid ads, right? You got it, and yeah, so I mean, and the same sort of thing happens with those intent-based searches in paid ads. It's the exact same thing, right? Because it's the same channel. It's just a different one's paid and one's organic.
1: You got it. The only other thing I'll add back is really the principle can apply to to just about any channel. I mean, even even the socials of the world is it's just what is the narrative, what's the conversation? Am I getting if I get in front of ten Americans, can I grab the ear of eight of them? That's when I know I'm doing the right type of marketing, and maybe not eight want to buy my shit or qualify for it today but am I grabbing the right ear of them because if I come in and I, I ran an ad that said bankruptcy attorney you know do you want to hire a bankruptcy attorney I am if I'm lucky if I get one out of a hundred people that are like sure I'll check this shit out I'm like do you want to put more save more of your paycheck all of a sudden like eight eight out of ten are like tell me more about this and then if I can move you down hit you on the phone fill out a form or something that bankruptcy is the way that you're going to keep more of your paycheck awesome. That's the sales guy's job or that's the that conversation comes next. But am I grabbing the ear of saying, Do you want to keep more of your paycheck? Eight out of 10 people are like, I'll dabble. What's, what's this all about? Which is all, your only job is moving them down, down,
0: down the funnel that way versus just waiting on the people. So when you're creating, so I'm assuming that when they start at the top of the funnel, obviously you've got to fairly quickly move them down towards the bottom. So they're in a mindset where they're interested in getting on a phone call and potentially buying, right? Because nobody gets on a phone call unless they have at least some surface level interest that they could buy something, right? So my question to you is, how do you, is there any tips or strategies or concepts that you use to migrate them from top to bottom? Because again, you know, you're getting them in in this broad term and then you're as quickly as possible getting them towards the bottom so that they can convert. Is there any insight you can share with us there? I mean, is that one of those situations where you they land on a certain piece of content and then it recommends the next level that brings them down into the funnel beyond that. Is that kind of a a simple, I mean, I'm trying to think of it.
1: Yeah, no, you got it. Yeah. I'd say call it content piece. One is, you know, how to keep more of your paycheck. Right. And then it's now qualifying. You could keep more of your paycheck if you fit these buckets or do you fit these buckets, go down this path type of deal. So now it's the benefit. I'm still talking to you with the carrot. I still got the carrot, like keep more of your paycheck in your pocket. Where are you at today though, Dennis? You know, where are you at? And then that's where you're self-selecting. I need to go left versus right. So for service A, service B, or for you, it can be package A, package B, whatever that is you're selling. And then at that point, really we're bridging it, we're getting them on the phone where the sales guy is now actually doing the the hard sale. So really my your job, I think on your website a lot of times people think is like you want someone calling up who's like, I'm ready to here's my credit card, can you take it down? And then you have the front desk girl who's the order taker. Like for us at least, it's very important to understand that and this is my opinion again too, your website's job is to get someone interested enough to talk to a human. So this it sounds funny because the digital age how do you and it's not all sites, right? A lot of times you can get someone to digitally enroll and buy something. So I'm not writing that off, but for the majority of us, or at least the easiest out of the gate in my opinion, is getting someone peaked enough to actually get on the phone with a salesman. So a lot of if you're a business owner hearing this or marketing, a lot of times like who's actually working the other side of the sale, which is who's picking up the phone. And most companies I've found have, you know, the $12 an hour front desk girl out of college. They don't have a hardcore sales guy who's moving someone all the way through. They want the site to do all the selling and then they want the order taker. And a lot of times that's really, really, really hard. Getting someone who's interested enough to learn more about the service by taking action, picking up the phone, filling up the form, downloading a free, or, sorry, signing up for a free trial. That's much, much easier than like, how can I convince this guy off the street to all of a sudden be my biggest loyalist in like two minutes. It's very difficult to do. I'm not saying it's impossible, but for most of us on the podcast right now, it's a lot easier. How do we pique the interest to move them down?
0: Yeah, I totally get that. And I think the dollar value of a transaction obviously has a huge impact on it, right? I mean, you're not gonna you're typically not going to take a, a two or five or ten thousand or fifty thousand dollar loan or consolidation or mortgage or whatever, some financial tool. You're not going to do that without talking to somebody. I mean, that's probably pretty rare, right? But if you're buying a $49 ebook or a course, I mean, yeah, obviously there's a lot less friction, a lot less risk. So I think that funnel, so your funnel, just to describe so everybody understands, you know, they're going predominantly coming from organic or paid search. They're landing on an article, which is top of the funnel. They're then being migrated maybe a little bit further down into the funnel. And then based on how they segment themselves based on the content that they select or the direction they select, you then migrate them into a phone call where they submit an application and then get on a phone. And then they're talking to a salesperson who then helps continue to educate them on that content because they probably know the content, right? The channel that they came from, right? So they can speak the exact language and make sure that they're contextual. And then from there, it's an educational process answering some questions. And then, you know, it's just like any other sale, right? You got to ask for the order and, and eventually close the deal. So you, now your business isn't doing all those phone calls. You're actually referring them out and do it. You have a lot of partnerships where it's more affiliate type offers. So, so maybe you're referring to other financial service companies. Is that correct?
1: No, you nailed it. Yeah, and I think the just to piggyback on your last point, we, it doesn't need to just be search. We do a ton on social as well too. Okay. And really, really, just to sum it in a sentence, it's we focus on the the how and why, and then the sales guy does the what. So I think a lot of people are It's I mean, obviously, a lot of us have probably heard that. I think it's Simon Sinek. Although, you know, start with why, but we do the why do this. So it's again, to not get divorced, duh, 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 the how, okay, here's how you can get it. If you qualify for this, 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 make the call, fill out a form, free trial. And then the what usually comes after it's, it's now like, Hey, I got it. I don't want to get divorced. I want to keep more of my paycheck. I fit in four criteria points. What the hell is this? And then, Oh, well, let me tell you about how the program works. Boom. is the guy on the sales, the sales end. So anyway, apply that to wherever you're at, at your business to focus a lot more on the the how and the why, than the what most people are, are talking about. What the hell they do is people don't really give a shit. They care about the benefit, which in this case might be keep more of your paycheck, and not don't get divorced, things like that.
0: Right. So you've been doing this for over eight years now, and and a lot of things are changing in eight years. It's like that's like a lifetime, you know, in internet marketing right terms, yeah. right? So my question to you, one one of the last questions I have here is help me understand what content is converting best for you. I mean, you're on you're obviously doing a lot of Search engine stuff. You're doing paid, and you're doing social. Now that you've added that, and so I'm curious, what content are you seeing converting better now than it used to? Is it video? Is it audio? Is it is it still more blog posts? Is it you know, graph? I mean, sure. what, what do you see converting the best for you now, from a if you just look at a reach to conversion into lead yeah. perspective?
1: Well, I think it's important to understand consumers' attention has gotten so short. Like it is so hard to compete for someone's attention attention, excuse me. And then for them to actually attention span. So actually spend the time to understand what the hell they're doing here or what it is. So the things we focused on is really in layman's terms is is grab with the benefit in the first three seconds of a video, right? So if you're, you know, something that disrupts the pattern essentially. So something it might be like burning a bill or like burning money or something like that, or cursing, like you got fucked, like, like, whoa, you're like, what, you know? And like, whatever that is, because that's your first job. And I think, chopping it up versus like a lot of people approach it. And it's like, I got to drive customers to my website. It's like back up back up, back up, back up. on your ads. We need to grab their attention from all the noise of its Google search. The other 10 people on there, 15 people, 16 people are taking in paid ads on social. I have to be more relevant than your mother, than your sister, than your wife, than your friend. I have to be more relevant. So in those first three seconds of the video, in that imagery, am I disrupting the pattern with something very exaggeratory? So is it very much like grabbing you like the caricature in the back right? You have have there in your thing. Is it like a girl with a really long nose and you're like a rhinoplasty surgery surgeon versus like the doctor holding his thumbs up like most people are doing that? So what is grabbing someone within the first, like literally within a second? It just stops. That's your first the first thing. And then next it's moving them down the chain a little bit further. So benefit, 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 click, great, we're getting the click. Now on the lander as well, too, is the headline, is the image, like, do people know what the hell they're doing there within the first two seconds? Like, why am I here? What is this? If you can't, I would go show it to 10 people on the street, your website, and see within really in five seconds, give them 10 seconds maybe, just show them the site, and then close it and say, what do I do? And you'll be shocked how many people are like, I don't know, because you got too much jargon everywhere. This, the blog post talks about the office cat. Or it's all scrunch and it's this. Like if I don't know what the hell that is within five, ten seconds, you need to dumb it down a lot, or you need to make it a lot clearer so that somebody can grab it. Otherwise they're leaving. People aren't are sting your out or they're scrolling past it or they're clicking on someone else, or they're getting to your site, they're there for half a second, they're bouncing away. Those are again too more strategically. It's not a direct tactic about saying go out and do a video, do this, but really that is the correct answer as to what is is working in today's day and age online.
0: So, you got to really disrupt their pattern because there's so much content and it flow, the feed flows so quickly, whether you be, whether it be on search or whether it be on social or wherever you are, you know, you really do have to disrupt that pattern. And you mentioned in the first few seconds, right? And I think that's really interesting because it's hard to do that, right? People don't think that way, right? And they don't always think that way. And so, you got to kind of change your thought process. And obviously, it's been successful for you. So, here's my question You know, you met, you do a lot of paid ads, you do a lot of organic just rough estimates, or you might know exact numbers. A guy like you probably knows the numbers. But um, I mean, as far as those 5,000 leads per day that you're driving on average, I mean, how much of those do you think come from paid versus organic? I'm just curious myself.
1: Yeah. A a strong majority, over 80% for sure. 80% come from paid? Yep. Yep. And I think a part of that too is these platforms are squeezed organic. So if we talked five years ago, it might've been a much different store, but Google makes money off their paid ads. Facebook makes money off their paid ads. These platforms make money off paid, so they've squeezed more and more the organic reach and, and the ability for a consumer to actually interact with organic versus paid. So we've we've been forced to become more more paid ad focused because of that. That doesn't mean there isn't there isn't riches to be found in organic and there's still massive value there. But really, you've got to look at like what these these platforms' job is to you know raise shareholder prices if they're a public company. And they only do that by pushing more revenue. And they only do that by squeezing organic or monetizing more of their, their viewership. So we, we've become more and more of a paid ad shop.
0: What do you think is the number one channel? Is it Google? Is it Instagram? Is it Facebook? Is it something else?
1: Yeah, I, I, I still we still have a very heavy focus on Facebook. And a lot of that is because there there is the targeting on there is, is extremely beneficial. Again, too, admittedly, it's because we play demographic top of funnel. We don't play someone searching for a DUI lawyer, you know, we, we play someone who is drinking a ton of wine all, all day long. And then we tell them, you know, if you get a DUI call, us. that's a terrible example. But point being, a lot of it's also the nature of, of, of our angling. But, you know, Facebook is still a massive focus for us. Instagram, Facebook, I should say.
0: Awesome. Well, listen, is there anything else you want to add about this, you know, about the success you've had with building this portfolio of sites, you know, before we kind of move on to the last couple of questions?
1: The only thing I guess I'll piggyback off of is when we talked about the grabbing the attention was uh, a lot of people, you know, the, the video might start do-to-do, the logo comes on and, you know, you burn four or five seconds and, and it does feel very hard and aggressive, but to, to just boom, all of a sudden hit, you know, punch the screen and that's how it starts. But that is what's grabbing people's attention. Right? It's not the do-to-do logo and the pretty music. Honestly, we, we have these high production value companies trying to charge hundreds of thousands of dollars to do videos literally a cell phone video that's shaking performs performs incredible it's someone selfie styling themselves versus a high production hundred thousand dollar video so I want to rewrite the narrative a little bit on that that you've been trained that you need in order to, to produce high high value content
0: no I really appreciate that because I'm in the process right now of starting to run some tests on YouTube which obviously is video driven so I mean and, the, and that's becoming more and more competitive but I think it's a great there's a great opportunity there so that advice I'm gonna Build that into my process here as I start developing that ad. I think it'll, I think it'll definitely pay some dividends because that's not how I normally would think, right? So I want to think a little different. That's why I said there's a little bit of this contrarian thinking. I think is important for everybody to consider. All right, great. Well, listen, two more questions, then we're going to wrap it up for today. One, what is your favorite growth tool or software app? Something you use to help grow your business. And you know, trust me, I'm sure you use a lot, and they're not all going to be offended. Just pick one that you think comes to mind.
1: My favorite growth tool is, uh, is a little bit roundabout. It's not not an exact tool. It's a, it's LinkedIn. And why it's LinkedIn is because I try at least once a month to set up a meeting with somebody who's above me in a category I want to be in, if that's if that's uh, physically working out, if that's philanthropically giving back, if that's business, whatever that is. And I almost always land a meeting off that. And I guess a better tool, clarity.fm is a site where essentially you can pay experts in the field. For their time, and they're already put up on there. So, clarity.fm, actually, let me re- reverse that, is a, is a great place to set up a call with someone who's where you want to be to essentially pay to play mentorship. That's, that's you know, uh, um, market, it's in a marketplace. So, clarity.fm.
0: Love it. Perfect. All right. And what would be one book that you would recommend to the audience? Maybe something that helped you along your journey or you think might help them?
1: Yeah. Uh, sounds like by the demographic here, The E Myth is a great book. If, if anyone's read it, it, it talks through a baker who's incredibly credible at baking, who, uh, who, who then ends up becoming a business owner and it walks through really there's the entrepreneur in all of us. There's the manager and there's the technician and understanding, like, I know for me, I went from a technician, a sales guy to a manager, managing people, and then to an entrepreneur. And those are three different skill sets and just because you're a great technician does not mean you're going to be a great entrepreneur and you need to learn different skills to be good at this or to be a good manager than you do to be a technician and breaking that up i think helps because i think most of us get in business because we're a really good technician like the baker who became a bake shop and she ended up burning herself out and to the ground and hated baking baking and uh I think understanding that progression before you get into it and being able to get in front of those some of those issues are, are incredibly powerful for anybody at, at salesman stage, at small business stage, at, at marketer stage, wherever you are.
0: Perfect. Well, listen, Anthony, let everybody know how they can maybe check out some of your websites, connect with you maybe on social or somewhere online, and then we'll wrap it up for today. Sweet, brother.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm pretty active on Instagram. It's just my first and last name, Anthony, S and Sam, A-R-A-N-D is in dad, R-E-A. Feel
0: free to shoot me a message. Happy to, to respond back, help any way I can. Awesome. And then obviously I would suggest you guys check out pocketyourdollars.com because a lot of what we talked about as far as the strategy tactics framework, he's deployed there. So that would probably give you a little bit more of a visual because obviously this is audio. And uh, listen, really appreciate you being here. Congrats on all your success. And I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you having me. Thanks. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.